0: Welcome to The Waggle, the official podcast of the Canadian Football League.
1: Welcome, welcome to another edition of The Waggle podcast brought to you by us here at the CFL, cfl CFL.ca, and myself, Donovan Bennett. And we have already broken down the Eastern Final, got you all set for that. And we're going to do the same out West for the Western Final, but also on this podcast, we have to recap. What was an epic playoff game, instant classic, fair enough to say. It was an OT thriller, so shout out to all you Riders fans who got some free football and some fun. First playoff game to go to OT since 2013, and of course the first playoff win in New Mosaic Stadium, but they are going on the road to Winnipeg this week as we've got a rematch of the 2019 West Final, and Winnipeg knocked out the riders in back-to-back seasons will that be the case once again breaking it down for us is of course pat steinberg as we go across not the league just the west the western final coming up bombers riders pat steinberg breaks it down for us on the way so we've got the matchup in the western final that i think a lot of people wanted certainly a lot of people in the two provinces that will be represented in the game, it's a rematch of the 2019 West Final. It's in Winnipeg this time. Winnipeg has knocked out the Riders in each of the last two seasons. So, lots on the line. And certainly, whenever these two teams get together, or really provinces, because the rivalry extends to U Sports as well, it is a big deal. And so, Pat, maybe before we even get to the matchup, let's talk about how the riders and really their quarterback Cody Fajardo got there in the western semi struggled for large parts of the game through three interceptions in one half to one player however when it mattered most was really good and drove his team and put them in position to score what if anything did you learn about Cody you know other than the fact that he and Lamar Jackson somehow can play long stretches of bad football but win big games.
0: Yeah, both were like, hey, hey, let's uh, let's combine for eight interceptions on the same day. Um, so what I learned about Cody Fajardo is that guy's a straight-up gamer, and he is a battler. And I loved his quote. Post game on Sunday after the win at Mosaic. I think verbatim he said, If you would have told me that I would have thrown four interceptions and we still would have won, I would have said you're psychotic. I believe those were the exact words that Fajardo used. And it's true. Like if if your starting quarterback goes out and throws four interceptions in a playoff game, very rarely are you winning, especially when, as you mentioned, three of them go to the same guy in the first half and Jonathan Moxie. But Because of Saskatchewan's defensive work, and because some really gutsy plays at different times in the first three quarters, the Riders weren't completely out of it because of those four interceptions. And what I learned is that when it matters most, and even when he has sustained all kinds of adversity in a game, Fajardo can still get it done because he's a battler, because he's a gamer, and that fourth interception that he threw in the fourth quarter to Jameer Thurman could have been the absolute dagger, and it allowed the Stampeders to go down and extend their lead to four points, and instead of it being the dagger, Fajardo, as you mentioned, went six for six, six consecutive passes to drive the Riders from the 35 into the red zone. Three of those passes went to Duke Williams. Then a couple of William Powell runs later, they're at the one and Fajardo plunges in for a go-ahead touchdown. Now, I know the Stampeders came back, forced that thing to overtime where the Riders would eventually win thanks to a Rene Paradis missed field goal that set them up really nicely, but they don't get there if Fajardo doesn't figure it out and snap into game mode at that time so that's what we learned about him is that he's a gamer and even when things are not going well he can get it done when it's most important and he can be clutch when needed and i know a lot of people argue about the clutch gene and is that actually a thing and that's always a debate but i'll tell you what When the chips were down on Sunday at home and they were facing losing a third time to the Calgary Stampeders this season, Fajardo got it done, retook the lead. And that's a huge reason why they were able to get it done in double overtime. And that's important. As good as the Bombers are, I can't see Fajardo struggling as much. In the first half against Winnipeg, as he did against Calgary, because that was one of Fajardo's worst performances of the season, and he still figured out a way to get it done. So I'm really curious to see what type of effort he brings against the Bombers in the Western Final.
1: Love that you brought in the clutch gene to the conversation. Shout out to Skip Bayless because there's actually you know been some study on uh, playing in the clutch and whether or not being clutch is is really a thing and you know different people have different philosophies on it but similar to in track when we're looking at people Doing what we think is accelerating away from the field what they're actually doing. It's a bit of an optical illusion They're actually slowing down at a slower rate than everybody else the studies on being clutch show you that Isn't really a thing to Being more clutch Being better in tough situations It's just that other people Let the moment get to them And thus they decline their play Whereas everyone else Who's quote unquote clutch Keeps it the same So I think to your point Cody was just literally so even that you know he couldn't have started any worse and he reverted back to the mean when it mattered and played well i actually think his ability to run the football something that you either can or can't do it uh, a big moment is not going to make you run any slower or lower your shoulder any less where it might mess with your physical mechanics throwing the ball it was such a factor when you look at this bombers group and if they're scouting and watching that game and doing some advanced scouting what are they worried about what's the cause of concern for winnipeg
0: well and it's really not anything to do with a, a pre-scout on the riders or anything they might see in in the matchup i think the biggest thing that you're worried about or the biggest worry for the bombers is that they haven't played meaningful football for the longest time because they clinched number one overall so early and so many of their games down the stretch like we're talking about multiple games where they weren't really playing for anything and Mike O'Shea was balancing keeping his guys sharp with keeping his guys healthy and and so that's a really interesting thing like we don't usually see teams wrap everything up as early as Winnipeg wrapped everything up this year. They were so head and shoulders above the rest of the pack this year that they have that luxury. And it's always a really interesting balance as to you know how you manage that as a head coach. Do you play all your starters and say you know what let's just roll the dice and see if everybody can stay healthy or do you go the complete opposite direction and say no we're resting everybody and we're like there is a real happy medium there's a threshold you gotta find and i'm curious to see if the bombers found it i have no idea if they have but they haven't played meaningful football in so long and they also have a bye week so that is my only worry is does that mess with their rhythm does that mess with what they're capable of doing and how they come out on home field against a riders team that has played meaningful football more recently than they have i mean you take a look back at how the bombers became defending Grey cup champions Well, that was a wave of momentum, DJ. They brought Zach Caleros in. They had those regular season games against Calgary at the end that rolled into their playoff matchup on the road against Calgary, and it just kept on building. They went to Sask and beat the Riders there, and then obviously we saw what they did in their dominant win over Hamilton in the Gray Cup. Like, that was so much of what they did was, yeah, Willie Jefferson and Darvin Adams and Zach Caleros and Andrew Harris, all of that is true, but... It was also momentum and, and building. Well, right now, there is no momentum for Winnipeg. So that's the biggest thing that worries me from their standpoint. But, you know, Mike O'Shea is an accomplished head coach, now a Grey Cup winning head coach. We're talking about savvy veterans from Stanley Bryant to Caleros to Harris to Jefferson to Jeff Jeffcoat to Big Hill. Like these guys have been playing high-level pro football for a long time. I would be surprised if it hurts them. I think they'll be okay, but that is my biggest worry for them going into Sunday's matchup.
1: Well, worry is relative because the real worry when you look at this matchup would be on Saskatchewan's side based off of how the regular season went. Winnipeg won both of the contests. They won them handily by almost 40 points. The turnovers weren't close, You know, plus six for Winnipeg in that category. So if you are Saskatchewan and you're looking for answers in terms of how big this challenge is going to be on Sunday, are there any?
0: Well, the biggest area that I would worry about if I'm Saskatchewan, the biggest worry that would... I guess scare me as a Riders fan is how that offensive line holds up against this Winnipeg pass rush. Like we're talking about Jackson Jeffcoat and Willie Jefferson, both being all-stars in this league. We're talking about them being as disruptive a pairing off the edge as we can remember in the CFL. And this Bombers team is as ferocious as they come. And we're talking about a Riders team that finished second last in sacks allowed they allowed 40 sacks on Cody Fajardo and company this year. So that would be my biggest worry. Can the offensive line, like, I, I take a look at it and you take a look on paper and what we've seen this season. And yeah, Winnipeg wins a lot of the areas where you say, okay, well, where are they strongest? If they do one of those TV graphics and it's like advantage one team or the other, you know, Winnipeg's getting a lot of those check marks. But the area that I think is most concerning to me is how saskatchewan handles winnipeg's front four how saskatchewan handles jeff coat and jefferson and what that means if they're able to handle those two what that means for some of the other exotic packages we might see from a blitz perspective when they start to bring big hill in or when they start to bring some of their dbs in and stuff like that those would be the things that would worry me because it's all keyed on what willie and jackson are doing up front and it just uh, offensive line play has not been the strongest suit for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders this year. So I, I think that's maybe the most lopsided matchup, at least on paper, that, that we're going to be talking about. That's going to be the biggest challenge that Saskatchewan has to fend off, and that's the biggest advantage that I see the Bombers having in this matchup. I'm really curious to see how Winnipeg exploits it, and I'm even more interested to see – how Saskatchewan goes about Combating what looks like A pretty lopsided area So that's that's going to be tough It's it's going to be tough for Fajardo to stay upright now, as you said a little earlier DJ We saw Cody break some Really impressive runs, break containment Extend plays, Like there was that Ridiculous throw on the run he had I think it was to Schaefer-Baker And we saw him run for first down And extend plays and keep plays Going multiple times against Calgary So we know Cody's capable of it But I do think he's going to have a really Real, real difficult afternoon in staying upright or at the very least staying in the pocket because we know how good winnipeg can be with their front four and, and when they start to bring the pressure
1: all right before i let you go one x factor for each team the person that for that fan base should be tracking our scenario or group on that team that each fan base should be concerned about if they want to be successful on sunday
0: well I know that the Riders had the two leading sack getters in the CFL this year, and they were outstanding off the edge. But what really interests me the most is the interior of Saskatchewan's defensive line. Because what A.C. Leonard and Jonathan Woodard did outstanding this year, 11 and 10 sacks combined. But Micah Johnson may not have the the statistically outstanding year that he has had in years past, like when he was still playing in Calgary. But Micah Johnson was a really, really disruptive force throughout the race regular season. And I, I think Mike is going to be a really, really important part of what Saskatchewan does when they try to get after Zach Caleros. And the guy that I think will be really interesting, uh, and, it, and it might not be when it comes, uh, and I guess I'll give you two X factors for Sask, as I'm thinking about him, Micah Johnson. And then I just, as a secondary one, William Powell and not just in the run game and not just in terms of what he's racking up in terms of yardage but it's what he's going to do in the protection game how often do they use William Powell as an extra blocker to help with what we just talked about and that big advantage for Winnipeg and what they're able to bring in the defensive line and and you know it's maybe a little cliche to call A guy like Adam Big Hill, uh, an X-factor because he's such a front and center guy for this team. But Big Hill is one of those players that impacts the game in every way. It's not just the defensive tackles. He had a lot of those. But we're talking about a guy who can bring pressure. We're talking about a guy who's good in coverage. We're talking about a guy who is a devastating tackler. He can force turnovers. Just every down, every play, does not matter what side of the field, the ball is being thrown to Big Hill's a factor and when you're combining that with what they're already able to do on the defensive line if Winnipeg is going to have ultimate success and win a second consecutive Grey cup he's obviously going to be a massive part of it and you know we know how good Willie Jefferson and Jackson Jeffcoat have been this year for Adam Big Hill to be their deserving candidate out of Winnipeg as most outstanding defensive player this year, I think he absolutely deserves it because I don't know if there's a player in the Canadian Football League, you know, maybe Jameer Thurman in Calgary, when I think about it, a couple others you could put in the same conversation. I don't know if there's a player in the CFL that impacts every down defensively quite like Adam Big Hill does. So I'll give you two for Sask, Powell and Johnson, and then for Winnipeg, it's Adam Big Hill for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Adam big kill definitely an x factor is he has the potential to be a game wrecker but why winnipeg is so so dangerous they got a bunch of guys who can be game wreckers, specifically on that defense you are a game prognosticator you're a game analyst and you're a lover of the canadian game thank you so much for doing all that with us here can't wait to talk to you next week
0: yeah I can't wait to set up the great cup i'm looking forward to it dj
1: there you have it thank you so much pat we are all set for the western final but if you need even more go to cfl.ca for even further analysis got a great article on there right now head to head who has the edge in the western final so we could do a bit of a deep dive but if you want more of a broad scope at the games 10 players to watch in the division finals is on the website as well at CFL. On social, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We've got you covered there throughout the game and throughout the weekend. And really, it's a one-stop shop for all of our content and analysis as we head all the way into Grey Cup Week and to the big game, which is less than two weeks away. It's crazy. It's December, it's playoff time, no better time of year. Thanks for listening.
0: The Waggle, the official podcast of the Canadian Football League.